Hello and welcome to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Harditz, and it is a somber day here in the fantasy football world. Our king, the one, the only, Derrick Henry, looking like he will be missing roughly eight weeks, sounding like it's a Jones fracture in his foot. Whatever the hell the issue is, he has already been put on IR, and everyone's favorite running back from 10 years ago, Adrian Peterson, is now looking like the RB1 in Tennessee. So that and much more to talk about in this week's edition of our Waiver Wire podcast. As always, I am joined by none other than PFF senior analyst Dwayne The Rock McFarlane. Dwayne Henry injury aside, how are you, my friend? Man, I'm good. Um, but it is it is a huge week. You have Henry. We've got the news with Ridley. You know, we don't know how long he'll be out. We've got Winston gone, so now you get Taysom Hill in. You know, we've talked in the past about what that means for someone like Alvin Kamara. So, I mean, these are a lot of huge fantasy assets. I mean, if look, if you're the Derrick Henry manager, um, you and I were just talking about this before the show starts, but he's worth, in a PPR format, he's worth 130% more than the RB24. Right, he's worth fifty-seven percent more than the RB twelve. Like so, it's it's not just something you can go out and replace, right? I mean, you lost one of the top two commodities, really, in fantasy football. Um, Cooper Cup, I would say, is number one. He's number two, and you know, so it's it's going to take um, it's going to take some work. <laughs> you know, you're going to have to grind it out if you're a Derrick Henry, uh, you know, manager to try to figure out how you're going to you know create that edge. Lot to talk about with the running backs, but as always here on the waiver wire edition of the PFF Fantasy Football Podcast, gonna kick things off with the quarterback position, try to pinpoint those top streamers for week nine. So let me pull up the bye weeks for this one because we are back to four teams on bye. Had a little bit of a break with only the Raiders and Ravens last week, but now we have the Detroit Lions, Seattle Seahawks, Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and the Washington football team on bye in week nine. Got another four uh team bye week in week ten, and then two in week 11 and 12 back to four in weeks 13 and 14 so no people we are not done with bye weeks but at least we don't have any more six packs like we did in the week seven bye again so with the quarterback position Dwayne I've gone through Yahoo and basically looked at guys that are owned and 50% or less of, of leagues maybe I grabbed the 60% right here or there but generally want to focus on guys that are available in more leagues than not so for example someone like Derek Carr if he's out there on your waiver wire like go get the guy but we aren't going to be talking about him because his projected his roster ship is just higher than what I'm trying to cut it off at. So with that said, top five weekly waiver wire quarterbacks for week nine. Taysom Hill against the Falcons. So we don't know for sure if he's going to be back under center. Sean Payton didn't really give us any new information. Just said we'll see if he plays next week. If not, it'll be Trevor Simeon. But with the news that Jameis Winston did unfortunately suffer a torn ACL, this will be Taysom Hill's job as soon as he is back under center. And last year, Dwayne, it wasn't pretty. And I cannot overstate that enough. But what have we learned with Jalen Hurts this year. It doesn't really matter how pretty it is. Style points don't count in fantasy football. So Taysom Hill in four starts last year. QB3, QB11, QB7, and QB9 in fantasy football land. His four starts, if you just extrapolate those rush attempts over a 16-game season, 156 rush attempts. That'll be the third highest single season mark ever behind only Lamar Jackson. So Dwayne, I also got two versus Houston. Carson Wentz versus the Jets. Daniel Jones versus the Raiders. And Justin Fields at the Steelers but to me Taysom Hill is for sure the quarterback that we want to pick up this week because not only is he really set up the best for week nine but this guy could be a legit QB one for the rest of the season even if we get you know 80 90 percent of that rushing workload yeah 
I mean, we've talked about it multiple times in the past. I mean, and you've hit it a ton, obviously. You know, the the rushing yards are the cheat code, just like we've seen with Jay, with uh, you know Jalen Hurts. Just like we saw this weekend, we'll talk about Justin Fields here in just a minute. But, yeah, I mean, with Hill, the other thing we know, Ian, is like the Saints just aren't the same team, right? They've been wanting to do what? They want to run the ball anyway. They want to really play keep away from the opposing offense. They don't want to open it up unless they have to. You know, my thoughts kind of before the season started, you know, and I ended up being wrong, was really that just Taysom Hill made more sense, period, right, for this offense. If James Hill was, if James Winston wasn't going to give them something that really helped them bring a new element to their offense and help them open things up, which I don't really think that he has. I think they've spent more time trying to make sure James doesn't fumble, doesn't get sacked, doesn't, you know, throw picks. I think a lot of the way that we've seen the Saints play has been because of that. And so now I think Taysom Hill just fits into what they're wanting to do. Um, and so, yeah, I, I would put him at the top, you know, of this list. And I know we'll talk about the rest of the guys. So then we got some other good matchups with quarterbacks that have flashed the ability to be a QB1, at least in spurts this year. Tua over his last three weeks, QB11, QB1, and QB16. Just really getting there on raw volume. Dolphins, obviously not a good team. And when you're down by multiple scores in a lot of the games you play in, he just keeps racking up the dropbacks and also has not a great, but at least a semblance of a rushing floor. Similar story as Carson Wentz last four weeks, QB7, QB16, and then back back-to-back performances as the fantasy QB 10. Uh, Dwayne, just as a fun side note, I mentioned this on our game-by-game breakdown pod, which all of you can find. It was released late Sunday night. But, you know, seeing the continuous deep balls to Michael Pittman, underthrown, he comes back, gets the DPI, and we reset like 40 yards downfield. I went ahead using our handy-dandy PFF tools and checked to see who the NFL leaders are in passing and just yards gained on those defensive pass interference penalties. Number one, Carson Wentz at 252. (laughs) All the way down in second place is Zach Wilson at 196. Aaron Rodgers is at 176, and nobody else is over 140. So truly, Carson Wentz has been in a league of his own and picking up defensive pass interference yards, the Torrey Smith of quarterbacks at this point. We also have Daniel Jones against the Raiders. We'll see how he performs on Monday Night Football. We're recording this at 5 p.m. on Monday afternoon. But before his concussion against the Cowboys, this dude was the QB 12, QB 4, QB 24, naturally when everyone played him against the Falcons, and then the following week, QB 7. So the big issue since coming back from the concussion, I wouldn't even put on Jones more so as I put it on not having his top three receivers. A little bit hard to put up fantasy points when that's the case. But he does have a pretty promising schedule. Obviously, the Chiefs on Monday night but after that the Raiders the Buccaneers the Eagles and the Dolphins over the next four weeks and then finally there's Justin Fields and Dwayne, it's just tough, man. We Yes, we got the 101 rushing yards last week. We got the touchdown. But as you brought up in the breakdown, so much of that was just on scrambles. And hey, as great as that one game was, we also have another five or six games that Fields isn't going to be that sort of dynamic fantasy scorer. So out of this other group, I would go Daniel Jones, then Tua, then Wentz, then Fields. What say you? Yeah, I would start with Taysom Hill, then Daniel Jones, right? then Tua, then Fields, then Wentz. Okay. Yeah. And so I mean, you could look if you're just looking for pure upside. Like it's fine if if you're looking for pure upside and you think that Fields offers you the second most because what you saw on the field last last week is what you're now going to see every week. I mean, I get it. Like so, if you're going for pure upside, I think you do put Fields in the same tier, you know, with Taysom Hill. But I'm with you. I've seen, you know, eight weeks basically, seven weeks. We had real, truly seven weeks, right, of Justin Fields. 
we haven't seen him get over 209 yards passing yet, despite, you know, we really do like the rushing. But, you know, you occasionally want to see a 300-yard passing game, Ian. You know, you occasionally want to see a, a two-touchdown passing game. We haven't seen that yet. We've only seen – we he's got a touchdown pass in only three games, and they're at single digits. So I still have concerns with Justin Fields. Um, it was nice to see him kind of get going this week. So I, I get it if some folks want to argue for that upside, and I wouldn't necessarily argue against it. I just – I lean into the fact that I've got seven data points and six of them tell me that this is not Justin Fields. And particularly not in this stretch right now. They got the Steelers this week and the Ravens next week. Takes us back to, you know, like the whole thing going to week one. Why play Justin Fields when you got to face Aaron Donald? Like maybe we just trot out Andy Dalton for these uh, tough games late in the season. So Fields, you know, won't get hurt or anything like that. But yeah, we can just against these blitz happy defenses like people. Again, it was a fun game for Fields and even beyond the rushing stuff. He made some awesome throws out there. You should feel a little bit better about his future after witnessing that. We are still looking at by far though people the worst quarterback under pressure in the entire league this year and while tj watt and company i was surprised to see the steelers actually are fourth worst in pressure rate this year on defense you get to face the bears offensive line i think that could be a bit of a slump buster for those guys so everyone again for the quarterbacks you want to go try to pick up on the waiver wire number one by far Taysom hill after that we're rolling with daniel jones after that we got tua and then carson wentz justin fields a little bit of a dealer's choice but Taysom jones tua those are a big three ahead of week nine now, Dwayne, we got the main event running back again. It's looking like Derrick Henry is going to be out at least eight weeks. Cannot overstate just how big of a loss this is for the fantasy football squad. And as much as people might want to just write off Adrian Peterson as being an old man that isn't going to come in and do much. I mean, we saw two separate coaching staffs in the last two years. Give him a pretty freaking big role, man. Like I'm old enough to remember in 2020 when... DeAndre Swift also couldn't take over that backfield because of Adrian Peterson. In 2019, Adrian Peterson had 211 freaking carries. He had 251 carries in 2018. Gotta love the Washington football team making old man AP continue to thrive. And he really wasn't terrible during those stretches, man. I mean, okay, he wasn't OG AP ripping off these 70-yard runs on a weekly basis. But I do think that if you want to give AP 15 to 20 carries up the middle, he's going to be able to give you a placement value with those opportunities so the question the million dollar question Dwayne or at least the however many five dollars you have left question what sort of role should we be expecting here because Jeremy McNichols is the incumbent backup here he is a primary pass down back but seemingly not completely incapable of handling some rush attempts and we also have well hey we have Doncho Hilliard and Dwayne, since you're now the you know resident pronunciation expert Mekai Sargent and if I'm wrong on that Okay, there we go. Mikai Sargent. Thank you, Dwayne. You got it. And uh, I tip my cap to you. But yes, we got all these parties involved. Tell me how you think this goes down. Yeah, so I think, number one, we're not going to see quite as much passing. I mean, as much rushing, right, from the Titans. I think they'll still remain, you know, run heavy. But whenever your backfield is this, I kind of look at it like the Ravens, right? When we had J.K. Dobbins and whenever we had Gus Edwards and you had all these other weapons, um, you know, you're going to run the ball a little bit more than whenever they're all gone. Despite, you know, the fact that the Ravens were a very rush heavy team, we are seeing them pass the ball 11% more than what they did last season. And so I expect, you know, the passing to go up a little bit. I would guess that Adrian Peterson will handle probably 60 to 70% of what Derrick Henry leaves on the table. You already mentioned it. Look, I mean, McNichols has already been 
the you know the tertiary back or you know the change of pace and the long down and distance the passing down back his role is going to stay the same but i expect him to probably pick up another 20 30 percent because i don't think they'll just want to give it all to a 36 year old adrian peterson you could see Sargent work in a little bit as well um so i mean it could turn into more of a three-way backfield but i, I think Primarily, it will funnel through Peterson and McNichols, but we will see them throw the ball a little bit more. They they really need Julio Jones to get healthy, Ian. Yeah. I mean, because they they need they need more weapons. <laughs> they just don't. You know, they're going to want to continue to run enough to be able to really try to utilize play action because that's what helps make AJ Brown and Ryan Tannehill so successful. So they're not going to want to totally get away from that. But I think we will see more targets to Brown and more passing. So if you know, look, we're we're moving into week nine. You know, in fantasy football, I mean, so a lot of you folks have three weeks in your regular season, four weeks in your regular season left. Some of you may have five if your league expanded due to the extra week that we have in the NFL season now. Um, so, I mean, it's no time to be shy. I know Adrian Peterson's 36 years old, but like really what else is going to happen at this point is the way I look at it, Ian. And the other thing, you got you do have to judge your league. Like, you know, you're looking to see what all's on the wire, what's available, that sort of thing. But if you're in a larger format league, and you've really just got one back or you've been, you know, just kind of, you know, struggling along with two mediocre players and you need a, th- a, th- a third one, which is kind of what I think Peterson will be. I think he's going to be, and not to steal your thunder here, Ian, but I do think he's a low-end RB2, yep. you know, is the way we kind of got to approach him for now. But he could have some games, you know, where he scores, you know, one or two touchdowns, and then that's going to give you that RB1 upside. We're just not going to see all the big plays that we saw, like with Derrick Henry. Um, you're not going to see, you know, the 70 and 80 yarders. Adrian Peterson is just not going to give you those. Usage wise, is it fair to kind of predict this as, you know, putting week eight, I don't want to get mad again, Dwayne. I don't, it's a good Monday. <laughs> I don't need to get mad. Putting week eight aside, kind of like the Gibson McKissick dynamic in Miami. That's what we could see here. I think with so. With AP and uh, McNichols. Okay. I do. I think, I, actually, yeah, that's way simpler than what I just said. Why didn't you just <laughs> shut me up? That's, that's a perfect, that's actually a perfect comp. There we go. And I did just want to point out that we the last time we saw this offense without Henry was in week 16 of 2019. Henry, you know, was like resting his hammy, naturally comes back in week 17 and rushes for over 200 yards. But in that game, like we like you said, Dwayne, they're going to pass the ball more seemingly, but I don't expect them to fully go away from no. what has become their identity. So in that game, they lost 38-28 to the Saints and Ryan Tannehill only threw the ball 27 times. So you got to get Deion Lewis 15 carries. You got to get something named Delon Dawkins nine carries. And I have never heard that name before this podcast. And that was actually the game where AJ Brown got a little pitch in the backfield and took his rush attempt 49 yards to the house. So, hey, get AJP some rush attempts. Wouldn't be uh, the worst thing ever. So, yes, we are prioritizing Adrian Peterson as the primary ad of the week. And yeah, Dwayne, I mean, you know, last week we thought we had Kenneth Gamewell dropping into our lap and we all saw how that, uh, that one worked out. So, at this point in the year, it is tough to think, you know, barring just Zeke or Dalvin Cook or someone just random going down, getting hurt, and a Pollard Madison type player coming out of nowhere. But even then, I feel like in more leagues than not, those clear cut handcuffs are usually scooped up at this point in the year. So go get Peterson and McNichols, man, particularly in full PPR. It wouldn't be shocking if he ends up being the higher fantasy scorer in this backfield. Don't be afraid to go get either guy. After that, Dwayne, it gets gross in a hurry. I'm not sure how I missed. Maybe I just wasn't paying close enough attention during our pod last night. Carlos Hyde had eight targets in a football game in the year 2021. We we, we just wanted to ignore it. 
And, and okay. now you have to bring it up. I don't even know why you have to bring it up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, LaVisca Chenault can only play 60% of, you know, the routes, but Carlos Hyde can get eight targets. Only in Urban Meyer's world can this happen. Look, Dwayne, speaking of Visca, if we get, look, because James Robinson with this ankle injury, they're considering it day-to-day is my feel on it. So perhaps mm-hmm. he misses week nine, but it doesn't sound like a long-term thing. Let's say Robinson misses this week. Let's say Carlos Hyde, Marvin Jones, Jamal Agnew, and Derry Ogunbowale all get sick and can't play. Then LaVisca, man, could be actually be looking at a solid <laughs> role. If we can just get another five guys to go down in this offense, Visca will be fine. In all seriousness, no, it sounds like Robinson has a good chance to play let's say for the sake of argument that Robinson is out for at least this week you know Dwayne I don't want to just become a uh what's the right word broken clock but Carlos Hyde probably would be a low-end RB2 with this workload 66% snaps while Dari only had 20% last week volume is volume Dwayne and for whatever reason Carlos Hyde seems like he's the man to get all of it in Jacksonville yeah we need a we need like a a buzzer we need a sounder we need something (laughs) a bell you know yeah, like I would prefer it be sounding like a piece of paper getting wadded up and thrown in the trash can every time you're about to say low end RB2. <laughs> something like that. Um, you know, yeah. I, so the way you're going to approach Hyde from a fab standpoint is just, you know, you're basically sizing up the rest of your league mates if you really need um, someone for this weekend and you're looking at, you know, what do, what do their rosters look like? And then you're just, you're just making an appropriate size, you know, size bid. I mean, you do have... You could be without Leonard Fournette. Not that it's anything great with the Seahawks, but there's a couple backs there you could be missing if you're missing DeAndre Swift or if you're without, you know, Washington's running backs this week and you really need someone. I'm thinking somewhere between 5 and 7% probably gets it done for you, Ian, you know, unless you think there's another really desperate fantasy manager in your league. But that's that's the max because I'm with you. I don't think... <clears throat> I don't think you're going to probably want to use him after one week. And you may not even really like what you get in the one week. Philadelphia Eagles, mentioned before, the Kenneth Gamewell. Misery that we all got put through. Ended up having 13 carries. 12 of them came in the fourth quarter. Uh, rewatching that game today, for whatever reason, the one thing they did trust Kenneth Gamewell to do was to throw do like a throwback pass to Jalen Hurts. And it was actually pretty cool, man. They pitched it out to Gamewell. He throws it back to Hurts, who catches it one-handed, has two players like rushing at him, and he finds a way to complete the pass to Goddard downfield. I mean, it is funny with, it's not funny. I think it's actually kind of shitty that uh, guys like Hurts and Lamar, we just make such a big deal about the things they can't do instead of focusing on like an athletic task in a completed task like that that what maybe five other quarterbacks alive could like even dream of pulling off as well as Hurts did but that aside we have Boston Scott and Jordan Howard both get two touchdowns you know we have Miles Sanders seemingly out at least until what's it going to be week 10 the Eagles buy is all the way in week 14 so Dwayne do we want anything to do with either Scott and Howard because you look at the schedule we don't have any more matchups against the Lions. We've got the Chargers, Broncos, and Saints, and then seemingly Miles is coming back. I'm inclined to let someone else in my league take whatever Eagles running back they want. Yeah, because I just don't think you're going to know who to use. I mean, they all get involved. Gainwell's the, the closer now. you got Jordan Howard as basically the relief player, and then you've got Boston Scott, you know, starts the games. Um, but they're all three involved, which means, you know, one, we've got a team that trails the fifth most in the NFL. They trail on 50, they trail by four more points on 57% of their plays. There's a, there's not a lot of room for rushing anyway. And then you also have a quarterback, by the way, in Jalen Hurts, who could steal all the rushing touchdowns every single week. So you've got a three-headed, which is really a four-headed monster. 
on a team that trails a lot. That's just not a really a good recipe. I don't think you're going to be able to trust it. Like, you know, Boston Scott, yeah, he, he punched in two touchdowns last week. But otherwise, like his utilization really wasn't that great. You take away the – and I know we don't take away points, but we all know that touchdowns can be fluky, right? And so you take if, – if you take out the 12 points you get for the touchdowns, you really hate what you got out of Boston Scott. So And the same thing for Jordan Howard. So you're really depending on touchdowns and a bad offense – that doesn't really like to run the ball. And when they do inside the five, they have a quarterback that does it. So, yes, I agree with you. If you're going to bid on either of these players, the main thing to, to, to think here is just don't go don't go way high like on Boston Scott. Like, don't go nuts because you may end up sticking him in your lineup next week and never use him again because he pisses you off so bad. You guys know when someone in your league makes like a ridiculous waiver claim and it's Tuesday or Wednesday morning in the group chat and then like everyone's making fun of them, you will be that person if you go splurge on Boston Scott. Don't be that person, people. Just take it easy, man. Ty Johnson, I'm trying to find the Jets practice report, Dwayne, because they do the estimated one on Monday for a Thursday night game. That's going to tell you if you need to care about Ty Johnson at all because on the surface, no. Okay. Oh, I did find it. Here we go. Carter is not on it. Fantastic. Okay, I saw that he had like a shoulder issue somewhere, but don't worry about it. Not even listed on the estimated injury report. We are good to go. Michael Carter and Tevin Coleman remains a DMP with the hamstring injury. So, Michael Carter, hey, if he's out there, like, go get him. Dwayne and I told you freaking after their bye. I think it was even during the bye. We said, like, go get this guy now because his role is going to increase afterwards. So, kudos to us there. But I don't think we want to mess around with Ty Johnson here, Dwayne. Yeah, it's worked out over the last two weeks, largely on the back of six catches, 65 yards. And then last week, five catches, 71 yards, and a score. The problem is he did it on just 32% and 29% snaps. So, if you are desperate, then okay, I guess you could do worse than someone that has shown the ability to catch five plus passes mike white is the league's most checked down heavy quarterback and that is backed up by quantifiable evidence but at the same time Dwayne, we're talking about the jets number two running back here like what do we really want to do with ty johnson yeah i look i've released him off of most of my teams and i play in some really deep formats but you know i've got him hanging around in a few like his role is is pretty much set he's going to get about 30 percent of the snaps he's going to be out there on passing downs if you know it to some extent, we're seeing Carter take over more and more of that. So, I mean, he, he can get you 10 to 15%, you know, the targets. I think of him more along the line of like a, a poor person's version, a very poor person's version of like a James White. Like what, you know, oh, maybe, maybe he's like, so he's above Brandon Bolden, but he's below James White. <laughs> so, yeah, um, Ty Johnson. And, and look, you made the biggest point. Like this is, a, this is the Jets. Like how much do we really care, you know, about the backfield beyond right. Carter? Same sentiment with Jarrett Patterson at Washington. Like, yeah, he took some carries out of this. He had 11 carries and a target on 16 freaking snaps because, of course, we got to get Jarrett Patterson that involved. You know, we can keep comping uh, Gibson to CMC. Ron Rivera, late last week, Dwayne, gave an interview where he literally keeps feeding this BS to everyone, saying that they think they just scratched the surface on what Antonio Gibson can bring to the table. Like, quit putting a freaking microphone in front of this dude's face asking him anything about Antonio Gibson. But all, all that stuff aside, Dwayne, we don't want Jarrett Patterson. He's on a bye this week. And what? We want a number three running back, probably number three running back, more weeks than not in another atrocious offense. Couldn't be me. Yeah, so, I mean, Patterson's just a stash play, really. Right. I mean, okay. he, we've talked about him as a stash play in the past. So if you already had him stashed, it's fine. It's obvious that they're a little bit worried about Antonio Gibson, even though they finally took him off the injury report and said he was a full participant in practice last Friday. 
Um, so I look Patterson, you can't start him, but of the other players that we have on here, as far as being, you know, a true cuff, like he really is, you know, I would say he is a, he's still a cuff, you know, I guess Ty Johnson would also be a cuff too, since Tevin Coleman can't get going, but like Bernard Scott and Jordan Howard, like we, it doesn't really matter. There's too many players there. You're eventually going to get Miles Sanders back. We know he's not injured for the season. Carlos Hyde is more of a one-week thing. It's an older player. So you can't use Jarrett Patterson right now. That's the difference between him and some of these other guys. So out of this group, I think we made it pretty clear, Adrian Peterson is the go-to waiver wire ad of week nine. Behind him, and I would even say it's like 1A, 1B, Jeremy McNichols. After that, big gap. Carlos Hyde, someone that might give you one week but isn't going to give you any more. After Hyde, I would say... Johnson and Patterson are the same, but the the difference is you could use Johnson in a pinch right now. Right. Because he gets more... Yeah, Patterson's on by, so I'll give Ty the nod over here. And and he's he's got more standalone value than Patterson. Patterson is a cuff really only, despite the fact that he got more work this past week. And then I almost just think adding the Eagles, anyone from the Eagles is going to like make your head hurt more because, you, again, you're not going to start them in the right week. If you want to put them ahead of Patterson and you just need someone, I get it. But I would rather have Hyde. I'd rather have Ty. And I'd definitely rather have the Titans guys over the I place. agree. I think, it's, I think that's the order. I, think, I mean, you could put those two in the same bucket as Ty Johnson. But I, I like Ty Johnson slightly more just because – we know what his role is for the rest of the season. Like Boston Scott will be a zero when Miles Sanders returns, and so will Jordan Howard. So that's that's kind of the difference. All right, let's run through wide receivers and tight ends with a little bit of a sense of urgency. I don't think there's anything too crazy out here for people to get overly hyped about. We got Jamison Crowder, at least target, at least six targets in every game that he's been active this year. It does look like Corey Davis, who was a DMP on Monday, will probably miss another week of action. So Crowder does project as the probable leading target getter and, again, a pretty bad Jets offense. Credit to what Mike White did on Sunday. Again, people, we just don't think that's going to be super sustainable moving forward we also got Devonte parker healthy again recording this on november 1st maybe he's traded elsewhere assuming he stays on the miami dolphins uh he's gonna be the number one or number two during any given week and we have seen tua put up some numbers obviously does have the good matchup against the texans this week brandon ayuk Dwayne, as we talked about on the game by game breakdown pod he did finally get his every down snap roll or pretty close to it back we have seen the usage take a turn for the positive we do also have george kittle coming back Van and Jefferson caught a nice 68-yard bomb yesterday. Djax leaving, seemingly leaving, or at least out of the picture is great news. And Tutu Atwell got hurt on the punt return. I do wonder if Tutu getting hurt could maybe make the Rams say, yeah, Deshaun, we know you want to leave, but deal with it. We have you under contract. But Van Jefferson, at a minimum, looks like a solid enough flex option moving forward if Djax is out of the picture. And then finally, we have Jamal Agnew, a.k.a. Swagnew. But Dwayne... This is tough for me because I, I, one hand, I love the swag new nickname. I know he got it being a special teamer with the Lions. On the other hand, this dude wears number 39, and now he's a wide receiver. Like, that is the least swaggy number in the entire league of a wide receiver. So I'm torn. I don't want to blame Agnew for having Urban Meyer, like, play him as a wide receiver. It's just bonkers to me that Urban Meyer comes to the NFL and his big plan is now seemingly to feature a wide receiver wearing number 39. Regardless, he's had at least five catches in three straight games, caught a touchdown last week, and seemingly has Trevor Lawrence's eye more than LaVisca Chenault. Which just I mean, is that another mark against Chenault that he can't outperform someone wearing number 39 at receiver? 
I think Chenault's on the Cordero Patterson pace. You know, it's going to be about nine years from now, and uh, everything will fall into place on some mediocre NFC South team. Anyway, <laughs> out of these guys, I would probably rank them Devontae Parker, number one, Van Jefferson, with Cordero's. I got Parker one, Crowder two, Van Jefferson three, Ayuk four, Swagner five. What say you? Yeah, I think it depends on like what you're looking for, right? If if you're just looking for who you're going to play this week, the next two weeks, I think the order that you gave is probably accurate. I might I might I might flip Ayuk and Jefferson, but they're close. But if you're looking for upside, I think it's Parker, Jefferson, and Ayuk are all up there together because I think they all I think Jefferson carries the most upside, but he would need an injury to open the door for him. Parker. Yeah is already a starter and we've actually seen to a favor him in the past. So he could actually stay with Miami and do well. He could get traded. He could do well. Um, whereas with Ayuk, we're now seeing him take on more. We have seen him be a good player in the past, but now you're going to have George Kittle coming back. So it's like, okay, we've got a run heavy offense. We know Debo is definitely the one. And then now you're going to have Kittle to battle out with Ayuk and we've got quarterback issues, but the talent is definitely there. So if, if you're saying, I just, I feel good about who I have. It's not about a bye week filler or anything. I just want the upside. I would say Parker, um, Jefferson, and Ayuk, then Crowder would be after. If you're just looking for who can fill in for you this next week, it's Parker, then Crowder, just the way you have it. Cool. Yeah, I was thinking more this week. Definitely agree with you. Pure upside down the road. Crowder's going to probably be back reduced to number two at best pass game option as soon as Corey Davis is back, which could be, you know, as soon as week 10. Tight end, we got Dan Arnold going against the Bills. Pat Fryermuth versus the Bears. Note with Fryermuth, we want to continue to monitor Eric Ebron because if Ebron comes back, Fryermuth is back to a weird position as a committee tight end in a bad passing game. Also got Tommy Sweeney at the Jaguars. We did see Gabriel Davis catch the touchdown and get some more usage, but Sweeney's snaps and routes actually weren't too far removed from what Dawson Knox was putting together when he was healthy. Also got Jared Cook at the Eagles and Tyler Conklin at the Ravens. Man, Dwayne, you know, we, uh, we missed the first like 40 minutes or so of that Cowboys game last night as we were recording. But going back, Conklin made a couple plays, man, particularly oh, yeah. on that first drive. Like, you know, he is more than just this kind of possession tight end that's only going to, you know, get exactly what the defense kind of allowed him to. But out of this group, and I would say there's not really anyone here that I think just screams massive upside the rest of the year. Uh, with that said, if Ebron does end up being put on IR and missing a lot of time, I would lean towards going Fryermuth first for the upside side of things and just for week nine in general. So I go order Fryermuth number one, Dan Arnold number two. We're getting an every down tight end in the Jaguars offense. Conklin three, Jared Cook four, and Tommy Sweeney five because, okay, the usage wasn't bad last week, but it sounds like Dawson Knox should be back in week 10. They didn't put him IR seemingly with that timeline in mind. So those would be the five. And I also just want to bring back a great point you made on the game by game breakdown pod is that to go get Gerald Everett if he is available during the buy and you can manage it because we did have after this podcast began Russell Wilson send out you know, Russ is always doing something weird but he had to send a picture of the pen like now being next to his hand not in his hand so Russ seemingly will be back after the Seahawks week nine buy and Gerald Everett's usage is right where he wanted to be uh, since he's come back off of COVID so Frymouth Arnold Conklin Cook Sweeney also don't be afraid to go get Gerald Everett, Dwayne, thoughts on this group? 
Yeah, no, I think you've got it right. Um, I slightly prefer Conklin to Arnold, but it's close. I, I would put those kind of like right there together. I do think it's Fryermuth if Ebron is out. Um, and then, yeah, Cook, Cook's right there too with Arnold and Conklin. I mean, the way I look at these guys, like all three, none of them are the top option in their passing game. None of them are getting to 80% of the routes, but they're typically around 70%. They all really profile, you know, the same way. Um, and then you have the drop-off where it goes to Sweeney. And I would see even say, you know, Everett's like one tier above like Sweeney. You know, he's not quite yeah. in the Arnold Conklin-Cook group. He's hoping to join that. He's got the routes now, but he just needs his quarterback to actually pay enough attention to him that it matters. And we could we can call him a low-end, you know, tight end one slash high-end tight end two, depending on do they catch a touchdown or not. I think that's really what we're looking at with all of these guys. And people, I just wanted to say that if you've enjoyed this podcast, if you've enjoyed PFF in general, you can get 25% off any PFF subscription if you use code FANTASY. We have grades and data live for every single player who logged a snap last week. Go check out the highest graded players from week eight. Again, code FANTASY to get 25% off any PFF sub. You'll get all of PFF's locked article content, including Dwayne's utilization report, my wide receiver cornerback breakdown, and Nathan Yonke's waiver wire five to add. All, all that and so much more. Weekly player rankings, straight strength of schedule tool we got our college football and nfl betting dashboards grade powered projections and more you know it's 25 percent off a sub that is directly designed to try to help make you money and the sort of things you're gambling on already so again support the pod become a smarter fantasy and real life football fan by using promo code fantasy for 25 percent off any pff subscription and also nfl fans hungry for a big win this week DraftKings sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the nfl has you covered new customers can bet just five dollars on any nfl team to win their game and if they do you win $200 in free bets winner winner chicken dinner it's that simple Bill's got the Jaguars this week so I would say bet Buffalo download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code PFF bet just $5 on any NFL team aka the Bills to win their game and win $200 in free bets if they win you win with promo code PFF this week at DraftKings Sportsbook an official sports betting partner of the NFL must be 21 or older New Jersey and Denver Pennsylvania only new customers only minimum $5 deposit $1 Wager one per customer. Restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Finally, whether it's football success or financial savvy, the right questions help set the stage for winning strategies. Western and Southern is teaming up with PFS very own Chris Collinsworth to share insights that can help put you ahead on both your fantasy and financial scoreboards. Want to hear about Chris's old playing days or behind the scenes with Allen Sunday Night Football? How about a need to know for your financial future? Now you can ask about either or both, and every football or financial questions you ask earns you a chance to win a cater party for February's big game. Check out the Chris Collinsworth podcast and Western and Southern's Instagram for answers to the best questions each week. Submit your questions at westernsouthern.com slash askchris. One more time, that is westernsouthern.com slash askchris. If you're watching on YouTube, check out the link in the description below. Remember, Western and Southern, you can rest assured on game day. Dwayne, it's week nine. We've done our waiver pod. Tomorrow, we got our game-by-game game breakdown pod. Previewing week nine, you can find that up on Wednesday. We'll have a guest, special guest, baby, none other than former Broncos cornerback Akib Tlaib will be answering 10 questions on Thursday, DFS on Friday, and I will be out in Miami this weekend. So Dwayne and Andrew will be giving you guys the injury goodness on Friday evening slash Saturday morning. Anything else you want to get off your chest, Dwayne, before we talk for like two hours tomorrow afternoon? (laughs) No, man, you've gotten everything off of my chest that I need off of my chest for the moment. Great day to be great. As always, Mr. McFarlane, for Dwayne, I'm Ian. Thank you as always for tuning in to PFF Fantasy Football Podcast. Until next time, take care, everybody.